I say let's do another. Let's keep rolling. We're rolling. Let's ride this wave. Let's ride this wave. You feeling that momentum right now? Are you feeling a little momentum? Let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Come on. Let's just keep going with it. You didn't know that, though. You didn't know that, though. I got the book Sapiens, folks. I'm officially smarter. I'm going to read it slowly throughout the summer. And periodically, I'm going to attempt to drop some of that knowledge. That's not easy. To try to convey the messages throughout this book to you, the loyal listeners. That's not going to be easy. But, you know, I'm going to try. Let's do the official summer book club. You looking for something? It's called Sapiens by Yuval Harari. Harari. You read it. I read it. We talk. We debrief. We commiserate. There it is. Throwing it down. First official. Here we go. Book club. You and me. You and me. You and me. Whoa! How's he hitting those notes? We know he's messing around, but how's he hitting the notes? Been working with my vocal coach, Omar. And he has me doing a lot of scales. He has me doing a lot of ballads lately. But I think I might be ready to perform at some point this summer on a small stage at the end of my street. Where neighbors will be a little bit disturbed and probably posted on Nextdoor. I don't think he should be doing that. Doesn't he need a permit? There's an ordinance against this type of shit. I'm not on Nextdoor. I'm not on Nextdoor. I probably should be. I understand it's a good resource. I understand it's a good platform for neighborhood watch. Keep each other safe. But I can't handle any social media. I'm going to prove that to you right now. I'm going to prove to you how ugly the effect of social media is on me. I tiptoed away, not on Twitter, not tweeting, not on Twitter, not tweeting, not on Instagram, not Insta-ing, not on Instagram, not Insta-ing anything, but we had my buddy Josh Friday come talk to my journalism students for the final project of the year, little press conference simulation, the young reporters grilling him, turning his quotes into stories. It was fun. And then I said, everybody, let's take a photo for social media. I don't know why I said it, but let's take a photo with Josh Friday. Get the whole class with Josh Friday. And let's put this on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And let's all get famous together. And so it brought me back to all these platforms. And you know me. Put a toe in the water and now I'm ready to swim for a while. So I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling. For the next 20 hours, I put up the pictures of Josh Friday on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And now I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling through everybody's profiles. I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling. And my eyes are going to glaze over and I go, oh, no, 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 no. This is a drug I didn't mean to get back into. Oh, no, 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 no. And I have the most cynical reactions to being on social media after just one day back. 
I have the most cynical shit you're ever going to hear me say. And I already apologize, but this is how I feel. And this is my platform. And I appreciate you listening. And you might hate me, so just prepare. This could be your last episode if you don't like what I'm saying. But I think I'm seeing a lot of women posting from their husband's accounts. I think I'm seeing a lot of women posting out of their man's accounts because their man ain't posting shit about their love. And they see the other girls who are married to guys who post a bunch of stuff and they want their husbands to post more about the love. Happy birthday to my beautiful wife. Happy Valentine's Day to my beautiful wife. Happy anniversary to my beautiful wife with a solid paragraph about their amazing connection and about how much she means to him and all the emojis. The kissing face emoji, all the hearts, the gift wrapped heart, the exclamation point heart, the smiley face dotted with hearts. I saw this a few times. I go, "Mm -mm, that ain't his writing. Nope. I'm throwing the red flag. Fellas, you're letting her post from your account, aren't you? You're letting it happen to avoid a fight. And I know what the fight is. The fight is, don't you love me? And he goes, of course I love you. And she says, well, I don't see shit on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat. So you got to step your game up. And the guy then just throws his phone at her and goes, you do it. Marches out of the room. This is all happening. Theater of my mind. This is how it's all going down. And then the most eloquently written romantic post coming out of this guy's account who hasn't posted anything in three years. You've seen it. I've seen it. And that's not even the most cynical thing I'm going to say today. I believe. All right. I want you to buckle up for this. Sit down for this. I believe. And I actually think I believe this bullshit, but I think there's some women having babies simply for the posts, simply for the social media attention. Yes, this is why I can't be on social media. This is why I need to truly retire. You see, I'm still kind of involved. Like I still have all of my accounts and I have to use self-restraint to not scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. But the truth is I need to go cold turkey Retire the accounts, detach fully, dormant, goodbye, end it. Just put my accounts to sleep. Because I just said I believe women are bringing life into the world through their loins just for the social media purposes. You've seen these women. You've seen it. You don't want to say it. You've seen it. They put up the post. Post after post after post. Baby bump, two months in. Bump is getting bigger, three months in. Look at the bump, it's getting big. Is it about the bump or is it about the makeup and the clothes you're wearing around the bump? Or is it about you just sitting on your couch watching the likes come in? Like, 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 like. You're going to be the best mom. Oh, my God. Gender reveal. Gender reveal. Photos on the beach. Walking big with your baby bump near the waves. Got your husband off the couch too. Parted his hair. Put a collared shirt on the guy for the black and white filtered photos. Baby coming soon. We love that post, baby coming soon. Like, 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 coming, 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 having the baby, having the baby. Why are you having the baby? Do you want to have that baby? Do you want to have that baby? Or are you just waiting for that hospital bed photo where you give the pounds and you give the ounces and you give the name? Oh, is that a moment? You all deserve that moment. This is the most cynical thing I've ever said, but just ride the wave with me. Let's ride the wave. We got some momentum going. We're just going to ride through this. And then the baby actually emerges into the world. And then it gets real. 
the posts get real. You now get to use social media for what's the best formula out there? Hey, friends, I need help on diapers. And now it becomes kind of a useful resource to connect with other moms and mommy groups. And I understand there's some useful things about social media when it comes to parenting. But I truly believe after one day back on social media and immediately I got to get out. I got to get out because I do believe women are posting out of their man's accounts because their man ain't posting shit. And I do believe some women are actually giving birth simply because they want the social media attention. I said it. I said it. I'm going to stand by that. I think I'm going to stand by that. And these babies, when they arrive, they're helpless. H-E-L-L. Helpless. And that lasts for a while. But why? Why are babies so helpless for so long? Whereas other mammals pop out and they're ready to rock. I've seen it. There are other animals. I've seen it on YouTube. I've seen it at the zoo. I even had a puppy who was way more mature than my baby. Why is that? Oh, he's going back to Sapiens. I'm going to read a passage. We evolved from being on all fours to upright bipedal locomotion. We evolved. Used to be on all fours. Apes. Now on two feet. Sounds good, right? Sounds great. Not entirely. Not entirely for women. Let me explain. That skeleton, that primate skeleton developed for millions of years. Adjusting into the position we see ourselves in today, where we're walking around and we're running around on two feet. But, according to Yuval Harari, in this very intellectual book that is making me smarter, he says an upright gait required narrower hips, constricting the birth canal. And this happens just when babies' heads were getting bigger and bigger. So death and childbirth became a major hazard for human females. Women who gave birth earlier, when the infant's brain and head were still relatively small and supple, fared better and lived to have more children. Natural selection consequently favored earlier births, and indeed, compared to other animals, humans are born prematurely. When many of their vital systems are still underdeveloped, a colt can trot shortly after birth. Kitten leaves its mother to forage on its own when it's just a few weeks old. Human babies totally helpless, dependent for many years on their elders for sustenance, protection, and education. It's a fact. So evolutionary traits that work, allowing more women to survive, more kids to survive over time, has proven that this nine-month window, you know, we all say nine months, nine months, And that's a healthy baby that comes out on time. No, that's a premature baby. In the grand scheme of this whole discussion, every baby is premature. Because when they come out, those blobs that just come out, they're not ready. They used to cook a little longer. They used to marinate a little longer. Other animals marinate a little longer. Other animals on all fours marinate a little longer. But when we adapt to cranial size, I'm going to get so many things wrong right now as I try to analyze this. But just know that... As you see babies born today, and they need all the help in the world for a long time, babies don't become self-sufficient till what? They're like three and a half. They could actually pour their own juice, tie your shoelaces, do anything, brush your own teeth, anything to survive. Yeah, it's a few years. So, hey, moms, social media moms who are just having those babies for the photos, it gets real in a hurry. All right, now, granted, I think I'm only talking about 1% of all moms. I think 99% of moms are having babies because they want to be moms and genuinely want to bring life into the world. And it matters, and they're feeling that instinctual connection, 
through all the brain chemicals to their kids. And then I think, I truly think, by scrolling, my sample size is three hours, probably yesterday, three good hours. On social media, I can't stop, he can't stop, won't stop, won't stop, can't stop. I do think there's some women that are just turning the whole pregnancy and birth and gender reveal into their own little production. Put that spotlight on me. Speaking of put the spotlight on me, I'm reading the Steve-O memoir because clearly I'm a moron. My wife's over here reading a New York Times bestseller. My wife's over here reading a New York Times bestseller and she can't even look at me. Look at my husband, this moron, this idiot reading the Steve-O memoir. I am. It's a page turner. He's not likable. But every chapter is, then I lit my head on fire, did a backflip off the second floor of an apartment building, and I broke my ankle, and I did coke, and I got addicted to painkillers, and then I had sex, and then I rode my motorcycle into the ocean, and I'm just like, holy shit, I can't put this down. I can't, I want to put it down. I'm reading Steve-O's memoir, Steve-O from Jackass, and yet, he's very honest, very candid. I want attention. I'm doing all this because I want your attention. I will break bones for you. I will bleed for you. I will film an overdose for you. Watch me. Read my book. And I fall into it. All right, I'll watch. If I was actually avidly going to social media, I would just be one of the many sheep out there. Ah, sheep out there just scrolling and scrolling and clicking like and going, hey, hey, gender reveal, click. Oh, you're going to love it. But I don't want to do that. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste my time. And of all the things Steve-O mentioned, I'm just going to reveal one of the last things I read. When he was doing Wild Boys with party boy Chris Pontius, when he was doing Wild Boys on MTV, which was a spinoff of Jackass, he said they did a stunt where they dressed up as zebras. Tell me if you remember this. They dressed up as zebras and pretended to be in Africa and ran out into the jungle to let lions maul them as they ran from lions. And I watched this. Do you remember this? Steve-O, Chris Pontius, dressed up in zebra costumes, went out in Africa. And then they go to promote the show on Jay Leno's late night show. And Jay Leno saw them in the green room and said, I don't buy it. It looks fishy. I don't think you were in Africa. Jay Leno's actually very sharp. And that's what Steve-O said. It's true. We were lying. We were not in Africa. We staged it. Those were Hollywood lions. We were just on a Hollywood film set. And we told all the viewers, all the MTV fans that we were in Africa. And I was thinking, oh, shit. We've heard the term fake news, but what about fake shows? Now, how naive do I sound? Because I understand most reality TV is staged. I get that, I get that, I get that. And I understand there's bias all over the news. I'm not trying to defend all reporters, all media, all journalists all the time, even though I do defend journalists because there's a lot of quality work out there. However, I didn't realize some of the shows I've enjoyed could be just simply lying to us. Hey, here's where we are. No, you're not. There's no laws or rules against that? You can just lie to the viewers? Okay. I mean, I'll move on with my day. I don't think this is a big deal, but I'm starting to realize, wait, how much of that shit that I was watching 20 years ago, how much of that shit was just staged and fake? Next thing you're going to tell me David Blaine's stunts aren't real? I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. It's real to me, folks. It's real to me. You know what else is real to me? CPAPs. CPAP machine. Is it CPAP machine time for me? Sleep apnea consultation coming up this Friday. Oh, shit. I'm an old man stuck in the body of a 40-year-old. Old man. Old man. I get headaches. The world is wobbly. I get ear pressure. I feel tired often. 
I go to a new specialist every three months. This time it was an ENT. I just tell him all my problems. Nice guy, Dr. Winter at Kaiser. And he said, maybe it's sleep apnea. And I was like, well, no, no, no. I like when I disagree with the doctor. No, I, I, I said I get headaches and I'm tired. And he's like, look, we're going to give you some lab equipment. You're going to go home over the weekend. We're going to test you. And if it's sleep apnea, we'll deal with it. He said, we could resolve this issue. We could resolve most issues. He was a good guy. And he also wants me to change my diet entirely. I already changed my diet. He wants me to change it even more. Less caffeine, less dried fruits, less beef jerky. I go, come on, doc. But my wife said I do snore sporadically. Not like a kitten's purr, which would be nice. But the occasional outburst snore, where everything's quiet and then just... <laughs> ah, what? I woke myself up and I look around the room. I don't know why I'm wide awake. Yeah, you snored and woke yourself up, but you didn't hear the snore, so it gets real weird. That's an awkward moment. But luckily now a CPAP machine could be the cure where it's just... <laughs> Holy shit, my wife married Darth Vader. Holy shit, predator action. Are you kidding? Nowhere in the ketubah does it say my wife has to deal with this, but she does. I mean, I've been sleeping on the couch the last few nights, but I got to make sure everybody gets sleep. We're at that age where you can't battle through a bad night of sleep. The residue of a bad night's sleep just ruins the world. Now I'm not present with my kids. Now I'm tired with my students. Now I'm bleary-eyed and my thoughts are even more cynical than I already revealed. Oh, maybe that was it. Maybe my cynical thoughts are from poor sleep because I have sleep apnea. And if I get the CPAP machine, what am I, just tubes out of the nose, tubes out of the ears, tubes out of the mouth, tubes around my neck? That's like headgear, Velcro. Sounds like a lot of straps in a machine. Sounds like a lot of water. It sounds like too much. I hope it's not the case. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't even know how they deal with mild sleep apnea, but I'm just thinking it's not a sexy look. I'm just thinking it, it might not be a sexy look. Can you believe all babies are premature? Do you know how many things? I'm, I'm only 18 pages into Sapiens. I feel like I've read a little bit throughout the years, but I've already learned too much where this book is like doing a drug. Honestly, sometimes I read a paragraph and then I just look up at the sky and go, what the fuck? What? What? Homo Neanderthalus? What? Cro-Magnon? How? How? 200,000? What? Organism? It's too much. It's too much. Join my book club. It's like a drug. Does anyone know that feeling? You're reading a book that's blowing your mind to the point where you feel like you're doing a drug? That, folks, that's a good review. I mean, that's five stars on Yelp? Goodreads? How many stars? Honestly, what's Yelp and Goodreads? Four or five stars? I never know. What's the perfect amount of stars for a restaurant or a book or all these things you see on Amazon? Is it four or five? You think I could just Google right now, right? Just Google, but it's weird how I still don't know that. Even like the class schedule. It's June. Tomorrow's the last day of school. Graduation tomorrow. I still don't totally know when some of these classes get out. I just know like ballpark. Eh, this one feels like it's just about done. We don't really have bells at our school. That's not a joke. I mean, we have a few, but not all. <laughs> this sounds like I'm joking. If you have no clue about the school I work at, we have some bells, but not all. Some classes, you just go, all right, guess we're done. Bye. And sometimes there's a bell. 
Oh, and sometimes you don't give a shit and say, move on, move on, move on. All right. Sleep apnea is scary. If you Google sleep apnea, that becomes some scary shit. Like there's flaps. You want this flap to get more air so you stop waking your wife up. Then she'll resent you. And then she'll go back on Match.com and find a better man. Someone with less gray plumes in their beard. All right, let's just relax for a moment. I got a story. This is a weird one. This is a true one. Just like who here is from Kung Fu stayed in my head. This one stayed in my head. Okay, and who here is from Kung Fu? That line will always be in my head. It's just so weird. I got a weirder one. All right, stay with me. I was in an awful car crash. Do I have your attention? That'll get your attention. I was in an awful car crash. In 1999, this is around Y2K. I'm living in the dorms down at San Diego State. I'm driving home for winter break. I feel like San Diego State used to have two months off for winter break. I'm not kidding. Some of you actually remember that. If you went to San Diego State 20 to 25 years ago, two months off. I even got an internship at the Marin IJ. I was home for so long, but I'm driving up my Nissan Sentra, my black Nissan Sentra. I loved it. And I had a friend in the dorms who was like an actor. He was majoring in theater. His name was John Henry Litton. And he said, hey, I live in the East Bay. Can I get a ride home? I was like, eh, yeah, I live in San Rafael, but okay. I forget where he lived. Maybe like Moraga area. But we were kind of buddies. So I was like, yeah, I committed to an eight hour road trip. I liked him. I liked him. So I said, yeah, could have been some nice alone time, but I said, yeah. So I was driving for seven and a half hours, loving the music, good conversation, tons of snacks, and then (laughs) coming over a hill. I didn't know it was bumper to bumper on the other side. Totally my fault. Didn't break in time. Smash car crash airbag out. Boom. Right in my face. What's happening? Disoriented tow truck had to come. Take the car. We got in the passenger seat of the tow truck. They brought us to BART. We BART, BART, BART all over the Bay Area. It's like 10 p.m., 11 p.m. We call our moms from payphones back then. No cell phones in this story. No cell phones or pagers in this story. Just truly stranded and looking for payphones to call our moms and say, hey, we were in a bad car crash. My car was totaled. Tow truck took us to BART. I remember going all the way to this guy, John Henry Litton's house, and I slept there. I slept over at his house, and the next morning I was going to go to a tow yard. You ever been to a tow yard? Holy shit, okay? I had never been to a tow yard, and this was out in the sticks. Officially, no clue where I am at this point. Just disoriented. Do I have back pain? Do I have whiplash? Am I injured? Where am I? I'm staying at this guy's parents' house. This is how I meet A friend's parents in the East Bay. Hi, Josh. Thanks for getting into a truly ugly car crash with our son. We'll take care of you. Here's a blanket. Here's a pillow. Enjoy your anxiety tonight. So the next morning, they take us to this yard. And it is straight out of misery. I mean, it's little house on the prairie type shit. We just emerge into a different era, into a different world. And the people there, the toothless people in the sticks, are not helpful. There's this little portable office. Where I figure that's where I tell them, that's my car, I gotta get my stuff out of there, my luggage, my CDs, my compact discs. The story's not even going anywhere, so if you're still listening, I apologize. And I go in, and no one's really paying attention to me. There's about 10 employees in this little portable, it's hot in there. Fans are going, no AC. 
everybody's big and fat and ugly. And I'm just being honest for a moment. I'm just being honest. And it's scary in there. It's scary. Everyone seems to be on the phone, running around, papers flying in the air. It's some Keystone Cop type shit. It's some Keystone Cops type shit. People are just colliding, papers in the air. People are making copies. Everyone's on the phone. And I finally see who's running the show. It's Big Mama, probably in her late 50s. She finally gets off a call and says, yes. And I said, hi, I had the Nissan Sentra. I believe it was brought here. And she goes to a pad of paper, a yellow pad of paper. And with her finger, she starts going down, 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 looking for Nissan Sentra, I guess. Down, down, down. Turns the page. She's going down, 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 down. She can't find it. Turns the page. She's going down, 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 down. And the phone rings. Bring. She picks it up. I'm watching this lady. I'm just staring at her face. I'm disoriented, I'm pissed, I'm impatient, I'm staring at her face. And as she is listening to whoever's on the other end of this call, her eyes get wide. Lady looks so giddy, so happy, so excited. I've never seen any sort of emotional outburst come out of a face like this. And she said, "Uh uh-huh, okay, thank you, bye now. She hung up the phone and she said, Boys, everyone stopped whatever they were doing. And she looked around and said, we're going digital. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck that means to this day. Boys, we're going digital. And everyone celebrates like they just won the lottery. Like their favorite team just won the Super Bowl. Boys, we're going digital. Is seared. Seared into my brain for the rest of my life. Way more than who here is from Kung Fu. Boys were going digital. Then she eventually helped me out just enough where my insurance allowed me to get another car. And who cares about the rest of the story? I mean, fine, I got home. Everything's fine. I lived. Airbags work. But I'm going to explain to you throughout this podcast certain stories where a line, just one line stayed with me and it never goes away. Is it possible that there are songs still stuck in your head from when you were in middle school and you're like, why won't that go away? I like to move it, move it. Is that still stuck in your head? God must have spent a little more time on you. Is that still in your head? I saw the sign. Is that still in your head? Oh, ho, ho, the sweetest thing. Is that still in your head? Just to see you smile. Is that in your head? I got my mind set on you. Is that still in your head? Can I play something right now? I want to play you something so fun, so wonderful, that it's impossible to be in a bad mood as you listen to this. All right, I'm going to give you a little taste of Young Holt Unlimited. I'm embarrassed that I had never heard of Young Holt Unlimited until this week. I discovered them. They were the intro song in a documentary. And I was like, what is that? What is that? You ever hear a song in a documentary? You're like, I need that. That's just fun. I need that song. I found the song. It's called Soulful Strut. As you listen to this by Young Holt Unlimited, I dare you to be in a bad mood.
Was I right or was I right? Were you feeling a little down? And now you're like, holy shit, what is Young Unlimited? Young Holt Unlimited? It's the type of music that makes you feel good, Rue. I'm working on my fez from Euphoria. Hell no, Rue. You best get up out of here. I ain't trying to hear that right now, Ash. Come on, hell fucking no. Be mindful. Come on now. You got a good head on your shoulders. I'm trying to do my thing. You know. When I watch that movie, Stand By Me, it's just cinematic gold. I'm trying to do me. Hell yeah. Anybody? Fez from Euphoria? I'll give you that impression. I like to read kids' books in the Fez voice. The unicorn went into her closet and put on the most beautiful dress she could find. It was at that point she knew things would never be the same, Rue. Come on, Rue. Hell no. Ash, how you gonna say that right now? Come on, Ash. Come on. Come on, Ash. I'm going to a play tonight. Should I wear a tie? Am I a likable character on the show now? Or am I still a scary drug dealer? Is this even a character, Rue? Or is this how I talk in real life? Hell fucking no, Rue. Come on, Ash. Am I a high school kid on this show? I beat up Nate Jacobs in the first episode on season two. And it seemed very, very aggressive. It seemed a little much when I read that script. But little did I know Nate Jacobs' dad would become more of the focal point of the plot. Come on. Hell no. Get out of here. All right. There's your fez. Okay. Let's all just work on our impressions. Let's work on being less cynical. Let's just accept the fact that some women are having kids for social media and some women want to post through their fellas' accounts. I said it. You said it. I bet it. I haven't slept well because I have apnea. I'll get the CPAP going soon. This episode's done. Okay. We got to say goodbye to this episode. They come, they go. Such is life. Things come, they go. I love you all. I wish you well for episode 188. I say you step up and write a review. Give me a rating on iTunes. You know what? It's time. It's time. I've been giving you the option. Option. Hashin. Uh-huh. Before this. But now it's time. Drop that rating. That four or five. Give me a six. Give me a seven. I don't know. But uh, be nice. I'll be nice. You be nice. You can follow me on Twitter. I hope to never be there. But you can follow me at jrosenberg957. And now this one is officially in the books. I'll talk to you soon. Uh-huh.